Welcome listeners, Mike Murphy here, and thanks for tuning in to another ABB Solutions podcast. I have with me today Ben Hines, Vice President of Product Management for the NEMA Motors Division out of Fort Smith, Arkansas. Ben, it's great having you on. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Great talking to you. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Ben, you were featured in a recent article, and I really like the message, efficiency, what you measure matters. And I really wanted to look further into this. So Ben, can we first discuss some of the key regulations that are involved with motor efficiency? Yeah, sure. So, you know, motor efficiency in the United States is determined by the Department of Energy. Uh, The Department of Energy publishes energy conservation standards every six years. They have to review energy conservation standards. And after that review, they publish what are called minimum energy performance standards. So that's the actual written out rule of, of what energy efficiency electric motors are required to meet in the U.S. So that's what we're talking about. And, and that's something that, you know, like that happens every six years. It really impacts the electric motor industry. And it's something that the Department of Energy is chartered with doing uh, by Congress. The United States Congress back in 1975 passed uh, an act, the EPCA Act, that requires the Department of Energy to look at ways that we can conserve energy in the U.S. And regulating the efficiency of electric motors is, is one way that they do that. Okay. And you mentioned electric motors. Does this just apply to NEMA motors? Does it include IEC motors? It actually includes motors uh, based on their rating. So it's motors that fall within a certain band of, of horsepower, kilowatt rating, uh, and, and, and other various factors have to meet minimum energy performance standards. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it impacts NEMA motors. It impacts IEC motors. It, it impacts most electric motors that are, that are produced and sold uh, in the United States. doesn't impact everything. There are some exceptions, but, yeah, it, it impacts most motors. Okay. All right. So energy efficiency is certainly a topic I hear quite often. Shoot, you can't really scroll very far on LinkedIn before seeing this subject pop up on your feed. Uh, but then I also hear about energy consumption. So can you help me understand the difference between energy efficiency and energy consumption? Yeah, you know, and, and energy efficiency is something that um, it, it's a buzzword. I mean, it's something that we at ABB, we talk about a lot when it comes to our products. We promote products based on the energy efficiency of that product. But talking about energy efficiency, in my opinion, it, it's really only talking about a, a portion of, of what you're really after. At the end of the day, what customers are after, what even the government is after is we want to reduce the consumption of energy. You know, that, that's how you really do things like you maybe have an opportunity to ramp down a coal-fired power plant. Uh, it, it's by consuming less energy that you make those sorts of things possible. Energy efficiency is a way to reduce energy consumption. Okay, So if you have uh, an electric motor and it, uh, it is 90% efficient, and then you have another electric motor and it is 92% efficient, of course, you're going to save 2% of energy consumption by using the higher efficient motor in that example. So there you go. That's 2% saving. However, there's a lot of other things you can do to impact energy consumption. Energy efficiency in general is a very small incremental change to energy consumption when, when you adjust the energy efficiency. So Energy efficiency is very important, and you get a lot of gains by using an energy-efficient product. But at the same time, 
don't just look at the energy efficiency of the product that you're using and say, hey, I got the most energy efficient product, I'm good to go, I'm doing the right thing, I'm saving energy, and, and, and I'm, I'm you know, helping out the planet and, and, and ultimately our, our climate. You got to look at that, but then also look further and say, by having this energy efficient product, am I actually consuming less energy? And you might be surprised, the answer could actually be no. You could have a very highly efficient product and even in, in the wrong scenario, consume more energy it, depending on how you're using that product. So, so it's just, I want to make people aware it's not all about energy efficiency. Energy consumption is as much, if not more important to the conversation. Okay. That's interesting. It's almost like energy efficiency seems to be a bit more specific, whereas energy consumption seems to me almost more holistic. You're looking more okay. at a system. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great way of putting it. Okay, right. all right, very good. All right, uh, Ben, on Bowdoin Alliance Motors, I see the efficiency stamped on the nameplate. How accurate is that? It, it, it's a good question. So so the accuracy on the nameplate, uh, I will say it, it's highly accurate. We test our motors. Uh, we, in fact, we have we are required by the Department of Energy to test our motors randomly and to make sure that they meet the energy efficiency rating, which is stamped on the nameplate. So. If it says it's 89.7% efficient, that motor has not only been designed to be that, it's also been tested and verified by third-party independent companies that it is that efficient. At the same time, the efficiency of the motor in the actual application, so when it's running, when it's being applied, what is the efficiency of the motor there? Well, actually, that's where things actually do change a little bit because when we design electric motors and when, when electric motor manufacturers design electric motors, you, the designer is actually designing that motor to achieve max efficiency at 75% of full load. The assumption being that rarely are motors 100% fully loaded. You know, I mean, how often would you want to run your car and press the accelerator pedal all the way to the floorboard and just run it there all the time, right? You don't do that. You you maybe design the car to be able to go to a certain speed, but you always have the throttle maybe, you know, 75% or less, right, is, is really how you run it. Same thing with electric motors. So that's why we design electric motors and meet that nameplate efficiency at right around 75% load because we know that that's how they're going to be applied. Now, so as your load changes on the motor, your efficiency of your motor actually changes with it. So let's say you have a motor and we designed the motor to run at 75% load. But the way that you're actually using it in your application, it's actually maybe very lightly loaded. Well, if that's the case, then it's not going to achieve nameplate efficiency because that's only a 75% load. And if you're running at 25% load, efficiency is actually going to be quite less of that motor product. Now, when I say this, I'm talking about an induction motor. A standard induction motor runs out of power that comes out of the wall. That's, that's the vast majority of motors that you see uh, in, installed in industry today and even in commercial applications, it's, it's the same thing. But there are newer technologies, different technologies. Typically, I would point to uh, a technology such as a permanent magnet motor, which does not run across the line, by the way. It has to run on, on a drive. But when you have different types of motor technology, now you can have uh, one of those uh, VFD-driven motors with permanent magnets running at 25% loading and still achieve a very, very high level of efficiency. So the so nameplate efficiency, like I said, very accurate, but it, it depends on how you're using it. And then depending on the technology that you're using, the amount of efficiency you get can actually vary quite, quite widely. And that, that directly impacts your energy consumption. 
Okay, so for example, if a customer elects to greatly oversize their motor, thinking that's going to end up saving saving them money, but if that motor ends up running, say, less than this 75% load, they're in fact probably hurting themselves more than helping. Yeah, I mean, so so that's actually a good point because when you look at motor efficiencies in general, the higher the horsepower or kilowatt rating of that motor, the more efficient, the higher efficiency, I should say, you see on that nameplate. So typically a 100 horsepower motor is going to have a higher nameplate efficiency than a 75 horsepower motor and so on and so forth. But if that 100 horsepower motor is more lightly loaded, then the actual efficiency that you're getting out of it is not going to be that nameplate efficiency and it could be less less efficient than a 75 horsepower motor that we're running closer to its you know, three-quarter loading that I talked about. So yeah, I mean, you, you've got to be careful and properly apply a motor. That That's what really matters uh, when it comes to efficiency of, of the motor. Okay, great, great. All right, so I see the term increasing your energy productivity. Uh, companies are, are looking for ways to do more with less. Uh, but I'm curious, what are some of the challenges in continuing to increase and develop more efficient motors? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and actually, it, it's a question that we get from time to time from customers saying, you know, why don't you just make your motor more efficient? Um, you know, it would save me more more energy. And the answer is, you know, it, it's like a lot of things. It, it, it's complicated, right? Can you take an induction motor and make it more efficient? Well, the answer is typically yes. But when you look at the energy efficiency that's required in an industrial electric motor today, pretty much across the range, you'll find that fitting more, uh, or I should say putting more efficiency into that motor becomes incrementally more and more difficult because the energy efficiency of electric motors today is very, very high. It's not uncommon to find an electric motor, buy an electric motor from the shelf, and the energy efficiency is, of that electric motor is in the 90s or even in the mid-90s, depending on, on, on the power rating. That's pretty common. So you, know, you think about an automotive internal combustion engine. Do you know how much, what efficiency you'd expect to get from an internal combustion engine, roughly? Have you ever looked at that? No, I have no idea. So typically, and this is just a rough number, and, I, and, and it depends what article you read. But I've, I've read articles that say that internal combustion engines maybe run around 30% efficient. Oh, wow. 30% efficient, right? So we're talking about electric motors that, by law, must be extremely efficient. We're talking about efficiencies in the 80s and in the 90s. There's just not a whole lot more juice you can squeeze out of that lemon without changing the size or the shape or the length or just really, really changing that motor dramatically in itself. So, so now, where maybe you had a motor and you went by a replacement motor, if the energy energy regulation standards change and, and, and we have to make a more efficient motor, now all of a sudden you'd have to change your pump and your motor because the new motor, because of the efficiency law, won't mount up to that pump. Or you'd have to put just a different size of motor on, onto the pump and the power rating of that motor is different and now the energy efficiency is, is less because it's not power matched to the load. There's, just, there's, there's a lot of problems with continuing to try to go down the path of perfecting the induction motor. So, you know, the, the better path and uh, to, to try to achieve this, like I kind of mentioned earlier, is, you know, you're, you're getting to the point of diminishing returns on induction motors. So it's really better to start looking at other technologies. 
outside of induction motors, like permanent magnet motors. And now your efficiency can rise quite a bit, but more importantly, your energy consumption can drop a lot, uh, especially depending on how that, that motor is applied. So uh, modern technologies, you know, going with a, a newer style of technology instead of continuing to upgrade or even uh, uh, continue to require more out of the induction motor, it's actually better to just switch away from induction motor and go to a, a modern technology, which, which in and of itself is not necessarily always easy to do, but if you can, it, it's a really good move. Okay. And that modern technology, is that the uh, permanent magnet you were referencing earlier? Yes. Yes, exactly. You know, okay. motors with, that, that are driven by permanent magnets, they, they must be driven by a inverter. Uh, you can no longer just plug the motor into the wall and the three, three phases, I think they power and have to work. Now you have to have a variable frequency drive or an inverter involved. So it's a little bit of added complexity into the system, but now the efficiency of that motor can be dramatically higher, whereas maybe you're uh, running around NEMA premium efficiency with an induction motor today. Uh, you can be two bands of efficiency higher than that with a permanent magnet product. So the efficiency of the motor itself goes up dramatically, but then also, like I mentioned earlier, depending on how you're running that motor, especially in a lightly loaded application, the efficiency curve on those permanent magnet motors is very, very flat, meaning you can run a permanent magnet motor lightly loaded, and it is very, very efficient, whereas you take an induction motor and run it lightly loaded, and the efficiency drops off dramatically. So so that's where your energy consumption uh, really starts to change with, with some of the permanent magnet technology. Okay. All right. So, uh, Ben, last question. What are some ways that users could help reduce their energy consumption from, from a system point of view? Yeah, so for an entire system, it could be several things. So let me start with the total systems approach. So total systems approach might be, for example, in a building that has quite old uh, HVAC system. And the older HVAC system, maybe it has inefficient motors on it, inefficient pumps on it, and, and that sort of thing. So, so that's, that's one aspect. If you upgrade to a newer, newer HVAC system, you get more efficient equipment. But the other thing that relates, I think, more so to energy consumption and dramatically reducing your energy consumption is a lot of times those systems are more intelligent. And they incorporate things, like I said, with variable speed-driven motors and, and variable speed-driven fans and pumps. So now, instead of having a system that is binary, it's either on or it's off. It's on or it's off. And so you may be sitting in the room and the room starts to get warm. So you walk over the wall and you, you turn down the thermostat and the air kicks on and it's full blast. Next thing you know, you're freezing cold. And so you go and you have to adjust it again. And you know, it, it's like a constant battle with the system. With modern systems, you can set the temperature where you want it. And instead of the system being binary, on, full blast, off, on, off. Now the systems can actually be pretty intelligent and they can actually ramp up to a level that keeps the room at a constant temperature and cycles on and off different systems as they're needed intelligently. And so it, it goes from being a kind of dumb system that consumes a lot of energy to a very intelligent system that can vary the speed of the air that's being blown through the ducts, right? And, and that reduces the energy consumption and also makes you more comfortable at the same time. So that, you know, that's, a, that's a great example of how you reduce energy consumption and actually get better results uh, out of it. Um, you know, th th there's other ways to do it. Uh, like I said, anytime you kind of take an old induction motor and let's say it's in a fan or let's say it's in a pump and it's in a system 
that is using valves or dampers. So it's basically the fan itself and the pump itself are not intelligent. And the intelligence you put into it is by adjusting a damper or by opening or closing a valve. That type of system, that fan, that pump is running 100% all the time, and then you're adjusting the load in kind of a very, very inefficient way you know, with a damper or with, with a valve versus going with a system where now you have feedback that tells that motor, that variable speed motor on that fan or pump to speed up or to slow down. And so now the actual power that's being consumed by the fan or the pump is actually increasing or decreasing. You're consuming less energy because you're basing the output on what's actually needed. If you need less flow, it simply slows down the motor. If you need less air, it slows down the motor versus basically restricting the flow with, with a valve or, or a pump. So, so a lot of it has to do with the entire system. And, and then that's why I, you know, I wrote the article talking about energy consumption and the systems approach, because just continuing to focus on that, that electric motor and saying, hey, we're going to take that motor from 91% efficient to 91.4% efficient, right? Does that reduce the energy consumption? Yes, it does. Very minutely, but it does. Versus if you move to a more intelligent system where it says, hey, actually, you don't need as much flow going through this fan or much as, as much fluid going through this pump. You can just reduce the speed. Now you're taking the power consumption of that fan, maybe from 10 horsepower down to 5 horsepower. Well, that's a 50% reduction in energy consumption instead of a 0.4% improvement in energy efficiency. That is that's a game changer. Yeah, and and it's changing. when industry does that and when users do that and when consumers make changes like that and improve to these modern systems with, with permanent magnet motors, variable speed drives, more intelligent systems that can react to the actual needs of the system by reducing the speed, reducing the load. That's where you really, really start to reduce energy consumption. And, and, and I think that's when you really start to make a difference. Uh, you know, the, it, it's by making those big moves like that, that all of a sudden our companies simply don't need as many power plants. When, when you're, instead of running 110 horsepower motors, you're slowing them all down and you have some, some consuming 10 horsepower, some consuming five horsepower, and some are shut off because now everything, instead of just being binary and connected, everything is independent and intelligent and consuming way less energy. So, so that, that's what I'm talking about. Energy consumption is a complex topic. It's, it's not easy to talk about. But there's a lot of companies, including us, that are making it quite easy to move to these systems that, that make things more intelligent. Probably and, uh, even extends out to the uh, mechanical components as well, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So an example, it, it, you know, since bring up the mechanical components, an example of that could be, you know, maybe in the past, so where you had that fan that ran at a fixed speed. A lot of times they needed that fan to run at a speed that was maybe different than the base speed of the motor. So if a base speed of the motor was 1,800 RPM, they needed the fan to run it, I don't know, 1,100 RPM. So in order to do that, they had the fan, or excuse me, the motor connected to a belt drive that would then reduce the speed from the motor shaft at 1,800 RPM to the fan speed at 1,100 RPM. Well, that, that belt drive um, is inherently inefficient. Uh, you know, depending on the type of belt drive, it may be 98% efficient. It might be 92% efficient. And so not only do you have the efficiency of the motor, but then you have to subtract the efficiency of that mechanical system, that mechanical belt drive in the middle. And 
you know, again, if you go with these modern technologies where we incorporate permanent magnet motors and variable frequency drives, you don't need that belt system anymore. So now you just connect the, the motor directly to the fan wheel and then you tell it to, to cycle down to say 1100 RPM. You know, you, you could be saving energy uh, in more than one way. At least you're removing that mechanical component. And then by using that permanent magnet motor and if the motor is operating at a lightly loaded state being at 1100 RPM, you're saving twice. You're saving uh, energy just on, on the fact that that's a highly efficient motor consuming less energy. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways that these modern technologies can save consumers uh, lots of energy. And, and, and that's, you know, that's what I'd like to see us do is really kind of take our, our, our focus. It's, it's great. You know, when you talk about energy efficiency, it's great to go with more, more energy efficient solutions. We should all be doing that. But at the same time, you can take that next step in technology and go to smart controls and smart uh, instruments that allow you to adjust the speed, reduce the energy consumption. And now you're saving dramatic energy, not just nibbling on the edges. All right. That's great. I think you uh, you put the final point. Very well said, Ben. Uh, hey, uh, we're going to stop right here, Ben. Hey, thanks so much for uh, for speaking with me uh, more in depth on efficiency. I, I do think that is a very important topic and making sure everybody's on the same page. Look at the at the consumption, not not just the efficiency of, of, of single components. I think it's conversations like this that just shows uh, that ABB really does focus on on helping industries cut costs in a smart and sustainable way. So uh, listeners, if you'd like to learn more, uh, always reach out to your local sales rep or visit us at Baldor.com and then look for the Efficiency Playbook or check out our YouTube channel, ABB Motors and Drives US. And as always, keep tuning in to the ABB Solutions Podcast in your favorite app. Thanks again and have a great day.